Oh, looks like we're on the wrong spot. Hang on. I'm going to fix this. There we go. Hi, we're professional. I promise. <laughs> it's all good, though. But hello to all you Biconics wrestling nerds out there. And welcome to another rendition of Los Chicos Gordos, your WWE NXT review team. We are back at it again, but this time live in HD and in full mono audio stereo. I'm so happy that we're getting better at these. I promise. I promise this is good. It is 2024. This is the first review live stream of 2024. And as you can see, we have a new setup here. We make everything look party around here. But my name is Mikey. I go by El Jefe around this part. And of course, with me as always is my tag team partner, my right hand man, the numero uno in my heart. It is my review partner for NXT, Will, also known as Papa Oso, in these parts as well. How are we doing tonight, my friend? We are doing fabulous. Absolutely. I, absolutely fabulous. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. But me and Will are here once again to review WWE NXT this week from Tuesday, January 2nd, 2024. But it is no ordinary edition of NXT. Oh, no. It is the New Year's Evil special, which felt a little less evil, a little more kind of like a regular episode of NXT, just like we were told most of the matches last week of what we were getting. I will say this overall, this was for me personally, this was a better TV special than our last one, which was a heat wave back in... Actually, no. Yeah, Heat Wave was probably my least favorite from 2023 because night one of week one of Halloween Havoc was great. Week two was okay. But yeah, Heat Wave outside of Wesley versus Carmella was probably the only highlight of that one. <laughs> but overall, I did enjoy New Year's Evil, though we do have some questions that we're gonna need to answer tonight, which hopefully we're going to. Of course. If you want, if you are watching at home, I know it is a little bit late for some of our Biconics Wrestling folks out there, but say hi, drop questions, let us know you're here, and who knows, we might highlight your comment as we go along. Ask us questions because we want to interact with y'all. But without further ado, let's just jump straight into the review proper. New Year's Evil surprisingly opens up with the NXT Women's Championship match. Blair Davenport, the challenger who won the right via being the lone Iron Survivor challenge winner from deadline for the women. And so she gets this championship opportunity against Lyra Valkyria. Before we go and dissect this match for bit by bit, I have to say Lyra has become one of my favorite people in the mm. last couple of months. I really think the feud with Becky Lynch took her from being great to the rocket being strapped on her and it is a beautiful thing to see <laughs> i gotta be honest with you will uh i'm gonna say it as much as i love the six-man tag that we're gonna get later after this as we are going to talk about it in a little bit i gotta say for me personally this was probably my match of the night <laughs> really wow that really surprises me a little bit Okay, as much fun because it was between this and the six man tag we would we'll talk about later. But for me personally, as much as the six man tag had a bunch of fun spots, especially from LWO, 
I think from a technical wrestling standpoint, I think this was probably my favorite, but that's because this gave me shades of NXT UK. So these two never got the chance to cross paths in NXT UK, but I'm familiar with Lyra and Blair's work prior to them coming to this version of NXT here in the United States. So I'm spoiled. I know that their chemistry is always good. But for me personally, it was nice to finally see them cross paths, which unfortunately we never got to see in NXT UK because Lyra got injured before they had a chance to fight. And so for me personally, this was my match of the night just because I've been waiting a year and a half to see these two finally cross paths in WWE. And then we got it and I was happy. Let's talk about the actual match. I'm not... Let me say that there's no shade to that whatsoever. That's absolutely awesome. I thought this was a great match. Don't get me wrong. I I just, I didn't feel that it was like special worthy. I felt that it was like a, a a regular Tuesday night. I didn't, I don't think we got, at least I don't feel, I don't feel that we got what we were expecting. I think I was expecting this match to be unhinged. And even though there were moments where it was, because Blair's just crazy, and I love that, and and Lyra, she's like the the fighting goddess. But I, I just thought I felt that it wasn't. I think it's because it was so built up between these two women, and I I don't feel that it delivered. As now, technically, it was a beautiful fight. It was great. All the techniques, all the logistics of it were great. I just, but I just felt like it was a fight. Hey, let's. There was no pizzazz. There was no. There was nothing that I was. Again, I didn't dislike the fight. I really liked it. Not that it was a great opener, but for it being a a championship match, I I felt that it was a little. eh. Does that make sense? I don't know. I I felt that it was weak actually and i hate this i hate to use that word especially with lyra and blair but i felt it felt weak i I didn't feel that it was honestly i was thinking wow they should have put the six man at the beginning of the of the night because that was a lot more exciting than this match and i was excited for this match i was like oh my god blair and lyra oh yes because i love the the bad girl blair and i love the champion that lyra is and I agree with you. Lyra is like one of my favorites. And I just love her. I love her entrance. I love her aesthetic. I love everything about her. But I just felt like this was almost not. See, I'm trying not to be like super negative about it because it wasn't a bad fight. That's the thing. It was just, I, just, I don't feel that it was worthy for both of them. I feel mm-hmm. that this, honestly and truly, the way they built this match they built this match like it was supposed to be like a pay-per-view match. And then we didn't get that level of excitement. I I, I don't know. It was, I, I was watching it and I was like, oh, I love these two women. They're fighting great. They love this, that, and the other. And there's some great moves, especially when we get more into it. And But I was just like, it just felt, Ugh. I don't know. <laughs> I, I really don't know. I, I just, I, mean, I, I loved them. I can see your points. I don't necessarily agree with all of them, but there are points where I can see that. I think what doesn't help this maybe is also because this is really in an, for a championship match, this was only 11 minutes, give or take. Mm. 
So it's yeah. on the shorter side. I think number two as well, given the fact that Lyra has had her championship defenses either main event NXT or be in the middle of the card, but rarely opening the NXT episodes since winning the title off of Becky, I think also doesn't help too. I feel that maybe if this match was moved around and switched with some of the other matches we got in New Year's Evil, I think it probably would have done the match a little bit more of a better service, I think, personally. Because it was weird that they opened up with this match, and I loved it. I think Lyra, I think this match was for all the folks who know of Lyra and Blair's history and the fact that they've crossed paths on the independence but never in WWE. But I can see why it was not as pizzazzy as normal because, again, short match, just a weird placement. But I will say, <laughs> this match did have my move of the night for the women, which was the top rope Falcon Arrow, in which yeah. Blair grabbed Lyra and flipped her as they were going on their way down from the top rope. And then went, not even a couple seconds later, when Lyra moved out of the way and Blair destroyed the table with her knee... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah yeah i agree that they, this match had some of the best moves in it in the night yeah that the i love both of those and i i was when the funny thing is when those moments happened i was like yes <laughs> that's the energy i was hoping for from the beginning is that sort of i am here to destroy you i don't know yeah but yeah those were great oh when she came off that top rope i was just like Wow. Yeah, and then it the was, knee to the table was great. It was great. And then, of course, when the action spilled back into the ring, Blair tried to go for another knee strike, but Lyra ducked out of the way, which allowed Lyra to do the spinny kick into the driver for the win. And Lyra Valkyria is still your NXT Women's Champion. So the match is over, and then Lola Vice's music begins to play because, once again, she has the NXT Women's Breakout Tournament contract that allows her to cash that thing in for an NXT Women's Championship anytime, anywhere. And just as she's pulling the referee to have this match, Tatum Paxley, like a spider monkey, jumps out of the audience and begins to beat the tar out of Lola Vice because Crazy Tatum here is protecting Lyra, which then prompts Electra Lopez to come out. And then Lyra kicks Electra and then... The girls are fighting for like a good 10 seconds before the referees finally show up to pull them apart. I think we're building up towards Lola and Electra versus Lyra and Tatum. And I think that's going to be like a one or two week feud. And then I honestly, I think Tatum is probably being built to the next person to take on Lyra. Who knows? Honestly, I just want more Tatum and Lyra. That's what I really want. Let's be honest here. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Oh my god, because that was so funny when she, they were like they kicked their butts, and then they were like, and then Tatum was all like, and and Lyra was like, oh wait, don't get off me, don't touch me. <laughs> oh no, stay away. Oh my god, it was so funny. That was so funny. I oh. love, I love whatever that is, whatever that Tatum thing is. I am loving it. It's crazy, and I love it. I do too. It was so beautiful, but of course. Lyra is safe for another week at least, and so we'll see what happens with this women's division. And then from here, for storyline purposes, we have a backstage news-breaking segment where we are told that Ilya Dragunov did not pass his pre-fight 
medical exam. So therefore, Ilya is not cleared and the NXT championship match between him and Trick Williams will not be happening tonight. I'm like, why did I know we were going to get this? Thankfully, it's a storyline thing. Ilya's not actually hurt because that was my biggest concern. I'm like, if he's actually hurt, that would cook. But it is for storyline purposes, so we are good to go. I was bummed. I was like, dang it, we're not getting this match, but hopefully we are getting it, whether it's Vengeance Day or wherever. I need to have Trick and Ilya fight. Yes. So then we jump into our next match. This is a six-man tag team match. This is the No Quarter Catch Crew, which is being represented by Damon Kemp, Miles Riley, and, of course, Drew Gulak, who's looking out here, looking like Paul Bunyan out here without the flannel with that beard and scraggly hair. Charlie Dempsey is currently in Japan wrestling in the AWJP tournament right now. He had a great first match. It was beautiful to watch. It was a lot of fun. And prior to this, it was supposed to be Dragon Lee and LWO versus the No Quarter Catch Crew, but it broke early in the day on Tuesday, yesterday, that Dragon Lee was stuck in Mexico because he was having visa issues, so he was getting that all cleared out, so he wasn't going to be able to make it. But there, he still had someone who was going to be willing to take their place. And LWO was being represented by Carlito. So we get Carlito and LWO versus No Quarter Catch Crew. This match was what I want. And the only bad thing I have to say about this is, why do we not let LWO and Carlito wrestle like this on SmackDown? Like, holy crap. I was just like, this is what I want to see in my Luchador faction. And boy, howdy, Will, we had the move of the men's matches and the move of the night for me, period. Oh, my gosh. We had Joaquin Wilde on the ropes, and Carlito and Cruz del Toro just are holding the ropes and one foot on the rope, and they bounce up a little bit, and then they launch Joaquin Wilde into North Quarter Catch Crew. Ugh, that, that spot was beautiful. Will... Overall, this was your first real introduction to LWO and Carlito. So what did you think of the six man? Okay, this was actually my match of the night because I have, and I know, and I've been indebted you with it, but I have really latched on to the luchador style. I really enjoy it. And it was like, these guys were bouncing all over the place, on and off the ropes, over each other. It was like watching dance. Like it was literally like choreography. It was it was dare I say it was beautiful. It was just it was just beautiful to watch. And, and Gulag and all those guys had no idea what was happening to them, which was so fantastic. <laughs> but yeah, that and that moment, that move of the night for the men's when they catapulted. Joaquin Wild. Thank you. Wild. I was like, my brain literally went flatlined. <laughs> when they catapulted Wild off of that, off that middle rope into the air, it was like smooth and he just sailed and it was so high. We were both saying, God, look at the height on that. I was literally like got butterflies in my stomach because it went so high. And then he just came right down on those guys. And I was just like, oh my God. And then they showed it in all the multiple angles. And I was just like, this is, it just blew my mind. So I, this, I am completely and utterly in love with this style of wrestling. Absolutely. 
I don't I, I don't care where they belong, but I want to see more of these guys on NXT. Because or I knew I want NXT to get their own luchador style tag team. I think that'd be fantastic. Because holy goodness. And ever when we went to the when we went to Mexico for I think it was in, impact. Yep, think, whatever impact. It was, when we went to Mexico, that's where I got hooked. And then, <laughs> then I started watching more. I'd go on and watch matches and I went back and watched some of the older, like actual matches, like in Mexico and things of that. And I was like, God, this is so great. I don't know why we don't have more of this in the States. Honestly, it's such a great style of wrestling. It's all, and literally it's not, it's like wrestling, but not wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I think it's I think one of the funny things about it. And then I'll stop talking about it is that I think the luchador style of wrestling is a great introduction to wrestling for non-wrestling people because it's wrestling but stylish it's wrestling but it's not wrestling that's the great thing about it is it doesn't feel like wrestling but we know it is wrestling so i don't know i've really gotten into it so this watching this match tonight i was just glued to it and i was just like yeah this one was amazing for me it was truly just incredible that's why it was my match of the night because and again, if it wasn't in, this is the funny thing about it, is if it wasn't in this episode, the first match would have probably been my match of the night. But this one just solidified it for me. Because, man, <laughs> seriously. I'm telling you, me and Andrew did a good job of infecting you with the high flying of Lucha Libre, which is what we want to see. As mentioned, LWO picks up the victory here, deservedly. And we'll see if there's any further development between No Quarter Catch Crew and Dragon Lee when he's able to come back. Next up, we head backstage where we have Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes. Trick is disappointed that the championship match is not happening, but it's going to happen one way or another. And he's waiting for Ilya to be clear because he's going to get this match. In the meantime... Carmelo and Trick are trying to figure out what to do. And up comes Grayson Walla, who basically gets into a verbal argument <laughs> with Carmelo Hayes, throwing jabs at him and Trick. Trick and Carmelo fire back. And the purpose of all this is that Carmelo got too involved in his role as the hype man because he ends up <laughs> making a challenge for Trick to take on Grayson in the main event later tonight. and. Trick's number one contendership would be on the line. So if Grayson beats him, Grayson would become the number one contender. And so Grayson's excited. Trick Williams ends this backstage segment like, bro, what in the world? I say, what? Trick was not happy about it. And we will talk about his response to that as we get closer to the main event, because we do have another segment later. But ultimately, this serves the purpose to set up what we're getting for our main event instead since Ilya and Trick is no longer a thing. After this, we get a quick video package of Riley Osborne hyping him up as he's in the finals for the NXT Men's Breakout Tournament. And me and Will were just like, we love you, Riley, but poor baby's about to get lopped upside the head by his opponent later tonight. Poor baby. I felt so bad. <laughs> I, I did too. We'll save, our, we'll save what as to why as we get to that final match. In the breakout tournament but we then go from here into our next singles match ariana grace versus roxanne perez 
This is a short, like, seven-minute match. Honestly, I love the taunting from Ariana Grace this whole entire match to Roxanne. Of course, our girl Roxanne hits the Pop Rocks for the win. The match itself was fine, but everything that happened afterwards is what we really need to talk about here. Yeah. So, Roxanne is celebrating. Ariana Grace has some of the, my favorite lines in this. She's like, you have issues. You need help. I was like, girl, what is happening? And Roxanne snapped, Will. She snapped. <laughs> she didn't just snap. She snapped. <laughs> snap, crackle, pop, beat a girl down. <laughs> and she did. <laughs> Roxanne beat the tar. She beat the bricks off of Ariana Grace. And then it spilled outside the ring. And then they kept fighting. Refs had to separate them. And then me and you witnessed something that I have never seen in all my years of watching wrestling the last couple of years. Due to Roxanne Perez not listening to the instructions from the, the ref reverses the decision and awards the win to Ariana Grace. I'm like, what the hell? What is what incarnation is going on here? I was just like, wow, I can't believe they did that, which made Roxanne even more mad because then she tried to get out the ring to beat up Ariana Grace more. But the refs had to hold her back. She's like, hold my purse. <laughs> oh, I know. I was floored by that. I have never, and even in the old school wrestling, when shit like that would have been like for sure, but I've never seen a ref reverse a win like that. Like, ever. I don't even understand how that works. Literally, Roxanne pinned her, legitimately pinned her, winning the match. There was no interference. There was no shadiness. It was a legit pin. And then just because... And we've seen people do go crazy after matches all the time. And then all of a sudden, this is the one you're the referee's gonna choose to do this. See, I didn't even know a referee could do that. I know a referee can swing a match one way or the other, but I didn't know that he could or they could just flip a victory. I'm sorry, I love me, I love Ariana Grace, but she didn't win that match. She didn't win it. And I don't know where they're going with this. They're obviously going somewhere story-wise with this, which is great, and that's fine. But <laughs> I just, I don't know. I'm like, I think you've got to respect the rules of the game or anybody can change things. What's what You're setting a, a dangerous precedent right now. Because if one referee can change this match, who's to say that? The referee and Dragonoff and Trix fight can't swap that one around for whatever reasoning. And I'm just like, this is a dangerous pre precedent you're setting with this. Because what, what constitutes severe behavior? It, it really is a very subjective thing. And I think that, I, I don't know. I just, I have the questions. I don't want to sit there and pass any type of judgment on it or anything, but. I felt that this was, I don't know what it was. That's the thing. I don't know what this was. And it was a great match. match I thought was it was, a, yeah, I thought it was fun. I think we have to play the wait and see game with yeah, this one because it are. seems that Ariana and Roxanne are not quite done yet. And so we just yeah. need to wait and see what happens in the next coming weeks. And who knows? Actually, this might be a fun feud to build up towards if this ends up being on Vengeance Day, if we don't get a blow-off match sooner than that. We literally have four weeks, until, four weeks Will, until the first pay-per-view for NXT of the year. Holy crap. Wow. We have 
four weeks. I can't believe it's happening fast. But yeah, I would love to see this match or this blow off match happen at Vengeance Day. It's Vengeance Day. That's the perfect place to settle grudges. <laughs> but yeah, this is weird. So Ariana, so technically Roxanne won, but then Ariana Grace wins. Again, we'll just have to wait and see. Yep. From here, we head backstage. And I would like to thank Sean. I swear Sean Michaels is watching us because I swear <laughs> we've been asking this question since we saw Ava Rain become like general manager backstage. Yep. And so we get the question answer that we were wanting for the last couple of weeks. How did this come about and why? So Ava tells us that a couple of weeks ago, a certain person in WWE which would be Paul Heyman when we had the main roster stars come down to NXT all those, like, two months ago. And Ava tells us that Shawn Michaels is going to need some help as we continue to build NXT, and that's why I'm here. I was picked for this because I have a special relationship with the locker room, being one of the performers. I have some great ideas, some better than others, but I am here to help. And one way that we're going to help NXT is next week, we're going to begin the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, which immediately, and Will laugh, chuckled when he saw me get super excited. I was just like <laughs> clapping and everything. Because let me tell you, the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic is one of my favorite, is one of my favorite tournaments in NXT that they do every single year. And for Will, this is going to be his first time watching the Dusty Rhodes Classic because... The winning tag team of this tournament not only get their names etched on the Dusty Rhodes Classic trophy, but they also get a tag team championship match down the line, too. Last year's winner was the MSK, which was Wesley and his partner, who is now in TNA, Zachary Wentz of the Rascals in TNA. Shout out to Zach. We love you over there. The TNA boys can't wait to see what 2024 holds for you. But MSK won the tournament last year, and they went on to have their championship match and ended up winning. So champions are crowned, and winners of the tournaments tend to win their championship matches. So I'm excited for this tournament, just like I was excited for the... Yeah. I'm excited, with just as much as I was excited for this video package that we got of Tiffany and Fallon hyping up their match. And then, again, continuity, because we see Blair Davenport backstage. She flicking her wounds a little bit after losing to Lyra. And who pops up like a bad habit? Nikita Lyons. She's like, girl, I didn't forget about you beating down me in the parking lot. Let's go. She's like, she didn't do it, but she gave me the hold my earrings energy. Uh -huh. And I am so ready for Blair versus Nikita, Will. I don't know about you. Yes. Oh, my God. Especially after this backstage thing, because I was like, I love this girl, Nikita. I love her. And as we were saying, we love a good curvy girl. And she did. She popped out of that shadow. It was like, <laughs> oh, I'm in so much pain. And then, and then bam, surprise. Almost, <laughs> yeah, you could almost hear like the the music. The I love that she added her own black. sound effects when she slapped the box. She's like, surprise. Yep. yep. Oh, my God. I was like, yes, this is great. And now I'm just like. And then when she's like, let's do it right here. I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> What I loved about this interaction, too, is I love Nikita Lyons, but Blair was just as verbally vicious, too. She's held up. I was just like, I had the guts to pull the trigger. You can't get anywhere close to me. And it's just, you're never going. Maybe you can get one over me by hitting me from behind, but you're never going to get me face to face. 
And then that's when Nikita's all, oh, I got you. Hold up. Let's do this right now. Hang on. Mm-hmm. And then I was I like, know. wow, the refs were fast to break this one up. What happened early? Exactly. That's what's so funny. I love that. Yeah. They realized was- they're like, okay, the women are about, they learned their lesson. Like when we got the Wesley emotional goodbye as he left with his wife, and then all of a sudden Blair and Gigi were jumping each other literally in the mm-hmm. next. As soon as Wes closed the door, he's like, out, bye. And then Gigi, we just see Gigi like literally Blair. It was so funny. It was, I was like, like it's like that Highway to Heaven music is playing, <laughs> and the door slowly closes, and then it's just like just Gigi coming out of nowhere with Blair and just wailing on her. It was like, I'm loving this whole and i was telling i was thinking i don't know i i was talking off when we were not streaming originally and i was talking about how i love blair so much now i've really gotten to where i really like her <laughs> like i really didn't like her at the beginning i just was like oh, same old bad guy heel no then, but she backs it up too i was just like she yes, does blair. that's what yes, was so great blair. once i saw that she's not just all talk i was like okay and then, of course, the Gigi Blair whole saga, like They're one of my favorite moments. Halloween Havoc, man. <laughs> like, but one of my favorite moments was when Gigi was in the locker room and the lights went out and Blair took her out in the dark. Remember? <laughs> that was amazing because Blair's, I'm going to beat you up in the light and the dark. What now? Which oh then God. leads to their lights out match that mm-hmm. they had at Halloween Havoc, which was also was good. So good. Blair throwing the chair at Gigi and hitting her square on the head like lives rent free in my head. I'm like, oh my gosh, that was a beautiful oh, thing. Yeah. I am oh. so excited for Blair and Nikita to fight this mm-hmm. out. Again, another match we could put on Vengeance Day. Let's get all these matches with everyone who got grudges against each other and put it on Vengeance Day. Yeah. Or at least the go home show, at least if you can't put too many people on the card. Like, oof, it's so good. And then I was super pleasantly surprised with the next match. Servant or ranch hand for a day match. Tiffany Stratton versus Fallon Henley. My God, Fallon Henley was and Tiffany went at each other like a good blood feud is supposed to be. Because Lord have mercy, those girls were out to not just win, but they were out to kill each other. Yeah, because the funny thing about it is there's so much on the line. Because especially like Tiffany, when she's like, she's got to be a ranch hand, so I can imagine she didn't want all that. So she's gonna she's gonna fight like her life depends on it. <laughs> and Fallon the same way. If she loses, yeah. she has to be Tiffany's like servant slash maid for a day. day. And I was just like, these girls killed it in the ring. I love that Tiffany tried to get a chair, and she's like, oh hell no, we're gonna go resort to dirty tactics. I'm not about to lose this. The ref stopped her, which distracted her long enough for. Fallon to come in with the vicious running knee. Oh my gosh. That knee. It made me hurt. <laughs> I was just like, it's like a baseball slide, mid-air knee strike. Holy crap, man. I was like, oh, Tiffany's out. And then sure enough, Fallon Henley picks up the victory here in a really fun match. Listen, we were talking about this as we were watching the episode together offline. And we both said, I want Fallon to win just because from the sheer comedic clips that we would get with Tiffany having to be a ranch hand. I'm imagining Tiffany is the perfect character to recreate. Remember when Paris Hilton and her friend at the, oh my God, yeah. the reality show where they all did the regular uh-huh. dirty jobs as like Sweet Life or whatever it was called? Yeah. 
I'm imagining that, and I am so here for Tiffany going like, I'm, my hand, my nails are, I broke a nail. Uh, oh, I can see her falling down face first. Into horse horse poop. Poop. <laughs> God, how brilliant would that be? <laughs> like her makeup gets ruined. She has to get up at the butt crack of dawn. Yep. I'm not going to lie. I'm excited to see pink Tiffany Stratton cowgirl outfit. Yeah, me too. Like, she's like, Bar Barbie Queen is about to accessorize it. I'm here for it. Okay, so like this next interaction we got backstage, right? I cannot believe I'm about to say this, but we get an interaction between Braun Breaker and Baron Corbin, and they agree to form a tag team for the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. And I have to say, Will, I didn't think I'm gonna. I think I didn't think the words that I told you came out of my mouth, but they did. I actually like this tag team. I can honestly tell you that I didn't want to vomit during this sequence. Yay. So that's a win. And I agree with you. I didn't think that this is a tag team that I would want to see. But the more that they kept talking and the more that I was watching the two of them, I was like, they're like the perfect tag team. They're perfect for each other. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm super excited, actually, about this tag team. I can't believe I said that out loud either. And I really am. And that little thing at the end that, that Braun Breaker did was hilarious. Had me cracking up. At first, we, he looked like Baron Corbin was trying to go for a fist bump. Braun walks away and Baron's like, really? And then like a cartoon character, Braun comes back as like, ah, just kidding. Gives him a fist bump and then leaves. I'm ready for this a-hole team, as they call themselves. <laughs> I actually hope they make it far and maybe... They could continue to see if this is the interaction we got prior to their match at No Mercy. I feel that I would have been invested in it more yeah. if we got them trying to work together and then they hate each other because mm -hmm. we didn't even get a build. They just, I'm the baddest, I'm the baddest, let's fight. And I was like, that's the what? Excuse me? Yeah, I agree. But I, I'm here. I love that Barrett's approach is the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And I was just like, listen, let's destroy the competition. And I'm like, yes, do it. I am here for all of it. Yes, I agree. I, I, I know I was blown away that I actually was enjoying that, that moment. <laughs> I loved it. Then we get a quick video package from Oba Femi, the other finalist in the men's breakout tournament. And before... <laughs> I love it when I called it when I call it. So like he begins to talk at the beginning of this video package. I was like, I have been enough people. I was like, he's he, I was like, I know that accent anywhere. He's from Nigeria, isn't he? And then he's I am from the greatest place in the world, Nigeria. I was like, called it. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've had totally. a lot of. Yeah, I in middle school and high school, I had a lot of classmates and friend of mine who came from Nigeria. So I'm used to the accent all the time. And as soon as he started speaking, because of the intonation and the way that he pronounced certain words, I'm like, he's from Nigeria, isn't he? And sure enough, he says he is. And he's about to decimate Riley Osborne, which we're going to have his eulogy in a little bit. Oh, my God. He tried. He, he really did. He really did. God bless him. Yep. Then from here, once again, NXT proves that their women have. I'm really happy that they're actually like giving lots of women different things to do. Because we have Gigi Dolan chilling at the lunch tables in the locker room with the rest of the girls. Literally, this what this next segment ends is literally Mean Girls in high school, and I'm kind of here for this. Yeah. So 
Gigi Dolan is chilling. She's talking to some of the other NXT girls in the locker room. Cora Jade, being the queen bee that she thinks she is, comes in. She's like, Gigi, you're in my seat. And Gigi, like the emo goth girl that we all knew in middle school and high school who would cut a bitch for you if they mm-hmm. look, if anybody else messed with you. She's like, sarcastic. Oh my gosh, Cora, I'm so sorry. Oh, will you ever forgive me? But Cora's not having it. They get into a verbal dispute. The girls have to separate them because these girls are going to fight next week. And I'm so excited. Oh, yeah. Girl fight. Yep. And I'm excited for it. I'm here for it. I cannot wait. Give me more Gigi. That's always a good thing for me. Always. And I'm excited (laughs) to see her mix it up with Cora because I also really like Cora, too. I do, too, actually. Now that she's returned, I'm like, I'm here for Cora Jade. I'd love her. Yep, too. I haven't, I don't really know much about her, but I'm loving her. I loved it. I loved it so much. And then, Will, I didn't think they were going to handle this the right way, but next up, they did. Yeah. We got the Rich Holland interview. And I have to give kudos because they did not mention the big, they did not mention the biggie injury that got Rich Holland in so much hot water with the fans and everything. It was a freak accident, which caused Biggie to land on his neck and become paralyzed for a little bit. But he's doing okay now. Who knows if he's going to return to the ring? But Lord, I love Biggie. I'm so sad that I haven't seen him in the ring in forever. But man, I appreciate that they didn't touch that. And they're spinning this whole thing to like Rich Holland is now on the path to redemption. And the crazy thing is this will this was your first introduction to everything that I had witnessed and I have known about Ridge. In 2020, when he broke that ankle, and then they proceeded to show the picture, he blew out his kneecap, and then we saw the pictures of the stitches and everything, and then when he went up to main roster in a tag team match, we saw a picture of his nose all broken, that he needed rhinoplasty and plastic surgery to get it fixed, and then accidentally hurting Ilya, which is not really hurting anyone, it's her storyline, Ilya's not actually hurt. But basically, Ridge is on a path to redemption. Will, I gotta ask, how do you think NXT handled what we were afraid of when we were talking about this last week and compared to what we got? How do you feel about Ridge Holland being put on this story path of redemption? Okay, so uh, we talked about it a little bit, but I have to say that I'm glad that they approached it the way they did. So we didn't get, I didn't, I was really thought it was going to turn into this. Here, let's relive your trauma. Let's relive it over and let me re-dig into it. And let's really do this, that. But she asked simple questions and he gave the information that he felt he needed to give to answer the questions. And I thought that it was well done. I thought that... And it gave us a little bit of, for me, I didn't know much about him. And to get that background sort of information was, I thought was pretty vital to, to into understanding where he's been, where he's going, where he's at and where he's going. So I thought that this redemption plot or story arc, I like it. I do. I like it because he brought in the personal. He brought in, hey, I'm not a bad guy. I'm really not. Why would I do things? Why would I jeopardize things like that? Because I'm a father. I'm a husband. And I'm like, that's true. That's absolutely true. 
And I'm just like, people get off his back. Let him, if we go in and other weird shady things start happening, then we can question it. But right now, it's like, it was an accident. The whole dragon off thing was an accident. It wasn't intentional because you can see it in the match. It wasn't intentional, but I didn't like the way they handled it then. <laughs> I like the way Ridge handled it here, though, because he was handling it. That was the thing. See, when back then or back in those few episodes ago or episode ago, the the media, for lack of a better word, was handling what we saw and what we heard and what we understood. And here is him saying from his own mouth, this is what it is. This is who I am. This is what I'm after. This is what I want to do. And I that holds a whole lot more with me than what we saw last week or week before, whenever it was. I tried to put it down my head because it was just ridiculous. And so I like this. I like this. I liked how it was handled. I like how they let him, in his own words, come out and defend himself is really wrong phrasing. It was to say, hey, guess what? Crap happened to me too. Look at all the crap that happened to me. Blah, 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 blah. Why do you think I would want to do that to other people? Why do you, it's, it added a personal thing to it. So me as an audience member, I'm looking at it going, you're right. Why would he do that? <laughs> he understands what it is. He understands the idea that my career could be over. I, this job feeds my family. It keeps us in our house. It keeps us. It keeps us alive. Why in the world would I do that to somebody else? And I totally get that. And I totally. It was like you're right because we know he's not a bad guy. He was and when he was talking about what I, everything I said that day, and I meant all of it. And it, yeah, I'm I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Let's see. Let's see where it goes. If it's legit, then excellent. If it's a ploy by the the company, then I'll be pissed. But <laughs> let's just see where it goes. We'll see what let's we'll see what happens. Right now, I'm on his side and I'm all here for it. I am happy that this is the direction we're going with Ridge. So we have the redemption storyline happening. So we'll see what more goes of it. Yeah. Now we get into the eulogy for Riley Osborne. He tried really hard. But next up, we had our NXT Men's Breakout Tournament Finals. Oba Femi versus Riley Osborne. Just a moment of silence for Riley and his chest. God, and his ribs. And his, his ribs, back. And his, his neck. neck. <laughs> it was like... And his dignity and his... Um... Good child, he tried, baby. He tried so hard, baby. Riley, baby, you tried, baby. You tried, but we did as soon as we saw that. Oh my gosh, that chop to the chest, it was over for Riley from that point on because then it was just Oba Femi throwing him up and down and sideways in the ring and ultimately ended up in a destruction power bomb for the wind. And Oba mm. Femi is your winner. Of the men's breakouts, NXT men's breakout tournament. I love that they were cutting to JC and Thea, who are also in the Chase U section of the audience, and their facial expressions. I was like, yes, girls, that's me right now. That's me. Oh, holy crap. Oba Femi, man. I'm me and Will talked about this before we were on air. We agreed that we would be happy either way because 
that men's breakout tournament made me love pretty much everyone except for Lexus King, who was yeah. in this tournament. But he's he looking to get his comeuppance only, hopefully in the next couple of weeks. And here's hoping that Eddie Thorpe is involved in that. So yes. I want to see Eddie and Trey Bearhill as a team. Oh, my gosh. The, dust, the Dusty Tournament. Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. Nor yes. Normally, I'm one of those people, like me and Will have said this on multiple reviews, that we're not we're in the camp of let's not put all of the ex fill in the blank people here recently is let's not put all the African-American people in a faction. Let's not put all the Latino people in a faction. And on right. the one hand, I was like, let's not put all your native American talent in a tag team, but also I want them in a tag team because kind of do Eddie. We know can go. I think Trey can go from what we've seen so far of him squaring up to Lexus King after Lexus lost his semifinal match. Mm -hmm. And so I was just like, I would love to see these two dominate in the tournament if that's where we're going, man. But but as far as this match, again, we will miss Riley Osborne's chest and his ribs and his back. And just, you know, poor boy. Oba just tossed him around that ring. Literally picked him up one-handed and threw him. This <laughs> is like... I'm like, Riley, tap out, man. Tap out. I would not judge you whatsoever. Because, geez louise. Oba is a huge, powerful man. And Riley is too. Don't get me wrong. Riley is great. You know, this is no diss on Riley whatsoever. But dear Lord, Oba was annihilating him. Truly just annihilating him. And I was just like, oh my gosh. I, I felt so bad. Like that that when he came, he was coming off the top rope at right there at the end. And Oba put his knees up and he hit those his Oba's knees with his ribs. I was like, I, I I'd be dead. My lungs would be pierced and all my ribs would be broken and I would be, you'd be attending my funeral. It was so bad. I was just like, how is he still up? I was just like, he's been taking a beating before this moment. How is he still there? I shows you Riley's, res his resilience, but man, he got annihilated by Oba. Oba just destroyed him. And I felt so bad for him towards the end. I was Man. like, <laughs> like we said, Oba Femi with the destruction power bomb for the win is your men's NXT breakout tournament winner. So he gets the championship match anytime, any place. All right, we're gonna play a game because we have way too many backstage segments and regular video package segments <laughs> before we even get to our final match of the evening. So we're gonna play a game of love it or hate it. And okay. we're both going to give brief descriptions as to why. Round one, we have the segment that features OTM. Hated it. Hated it. I've said this once before. Mm -hmm. I do not like the presentation of OTM. Listen, as a kid who grew up somewhat decent, but knowing what struggle is and everything, both as a child and a teen, I understand, especially when it comes to the presentation, because OTM is made of people of color. And so the system is usually not put in our favor. And before anyone comes for me, I have a stable job. I love what I do. 
I know what hard work is, but sometimes it's hard trying to play in the same system when mm -hmm. you have multiple roadblocks in the game and a, but some of your other constituents are already passing go 400 times on the board, but that's neither here nor there. Again, I don't like the OTM's presentation. We're leaning too much into the stereotypes of ghetto fabulous, and I hate it for our tag team, for all three of them, I should say. But yeah, hated it. Yep, hated it too. Same reasons, ditto. <laughs> I don't have anything else to say on it. Truly. Cool. Round two, Kiana James and Izzy Dame get interviewed. And I was like, I liked it. Mm -hmm. yep. Give me more Kiana. And Absolutely. also... I will say Izzy Dame had one of my favorite lines of this too, because yes. she talked a little bit about herself. She was a volleyball <laughs> player in college. She's like, I hit girls with balls. I hit volleyballs and bitches on the court. I was like, yeah. yes, make that a t-shirt, Izzy, please. I want one. I hit Indeed. volleyballs and bitches on the court. I might make one. We should make our own t-shirt with that one. Have a pic with her. Yeah, with her picture of her and <laughs> like on purposely make a bad Photoshop of her face on a volleyball player. And just like hitting balls and hitting bitches. <laughs> exactly. But I liked it. This was fun. Izzy had my favorite line. Yep. yep. Next up. So next up, we had all of Chase U. The whole entire thing was Andre Chase said that he and Duke were entering the Dusty Classic. JC pulls the ultimate reverse Uno card on the situation. Tells Andre Chase no makes a decision herself that is going to be Riley, Osborne, and Duke in the tournament, and that she and Thea have a plan, and she's going to need Thea's help to make this money. And basically says that Andre Chase ain't ish right now, and he needs to focus on getting the university out of debt. Loved it! Yep. This was a big love for me, too. JC taking like, charge. I was waiting for this moment, actually. Because you and I have talked about it a couple of times. That we're just we were waiting for this movement of what JC I I knew it in my body all over was going to be JC was going to step in and be like basically take over Chase U and that's exactly what she's done and I'm here for it I cannot wait to see what Chase U turns into you were saying Chase U and I'm like I want that this changes from Chase and just put Jace instead of JCU it's gonna they're pronouncing it JCU I was like JCU I'm so I'm here for it. <laughs> this is her master plan all along. No, I was kidding. Hey, I'm okay with that. <laughs> Truly. Uh, seriously. We love this segment. Round four. This is in the same camera shot. They didn't cut away or anything. Lyra Valkyria and Tatum Paxley. Tatum Paxley still creeping on Lyra. Lyra doesn't know how to socially respond correctly without coming off as a, as a mean person. But Tatum says, I love you. Bye. And then Lyra's like, thanks. Love this segment. Yep, loved it too. I, anything this this whole Tatum thing, every, every one of them has been fantastic. They've been absolutely fantastic. I love how we've been building <laughs> to this. Like she would be in the background all of a sudden, and then she'd be awkwardly dark corners in the interviews with Lyra, and then the picture of her face on Becky Lynch is in her locker, and now we're getting actual face to face contact. Love this segment. Can't wait to see with this. Next up, round five, Axiom and Nathan Frazier. Nathan Frazier running his mouth, being confronted by Idris Nofe and Malik Blade. But also, we get confirmation that Axiom and Nathan Frazier are teaming up to in this Dusty tournament. Loved it. Loved it. Loved, because these sessions with Nathan Frazier are hilarious. 
and he doesn't mean to to speak the truth and he's not talking technically he's not talking about anyone behind their back and i love that i axioms the straight man every time it's like bro no cut it mm, up never mind i can't wait to see them in action next up we, next up round six we have the family where they answer interview questions in the parking lot about their match against otm next week but more importantly we finally got a name to the woman who has been with the family for a little bit and her name is adriana rizzo as they go to leave who pops out of the trunk but our favorite grungy boy jason joe casey and we may or may not have he didn't say the exact words but i think joe gacy just murdered somebody loved it loved it i'm loving the gacy stuff all over the place this i don't know what they're doing with this and i don't care i love it it was so good I'm like, listen, just have Joe Gacy run around and just be anywhere and everywhere. It is so funny. I can't wait to see what happens next. Then we get our bumpers of what we're getting next week. We're getting the tag team championship match between the family and OTM, Gigi Dolan versus Cora Jade, and the Dusty Rhodes tag team tournament begins next week as well. I'm excited for that. Loved it. That's all that really needs to be said. <laughs> now, let's talk about this main event. So the main event is what they have dubbed the Battle of the Iron Survivors because Grayson Waller won the Iron Survivor Challenge last year in 2022, and Trick Williams is your 2023 winner. These two are going to face off because by decree of Trick Williams, and for some reason Shawn Michaels approved of it, Trick Will whoever wins this match is the number one contender to Ilya Dragunov and will face for the NXT Championship whenever Ilya is cleared. I got to say, I wanted more from this match. It wasn't bad, but I was just like, I know great for me personally, because this is really Will's first introduction to Grayson Waller. And I know Grayson can do better than this. This is not his best match. First of all, me and Will were distracted by his shorts. I was just like, the color scheme was weird. It looked a little big on him. And plus, then we figured out that the blue was fringe instead of a pattern. I'm like, oh, that kind of makes it worse. Mm-hmm. It was Made it weird. a lot worse. It, his pants looked too big for him. <laughs> yeah, that was the first problem. And Will might have his own issues, but for me, I feel like this was a little bit of this was a clunky match. There were pieces of it that I enjoyed, but the transitional pieces from like part to part of the match, like scene to scene, if you will, if we're going to be using like theater and movie terms, like the transitional scenes from the next segment to the next are clunky. There was a lot of waiting around towards the second half of this match. And I feel that Trick and Grayson didn't really click like I thought they were going to. I I agree with you. That's why I, I was actually expecting a lot more out of this match, and it didn't deliver. I thought it was, you're right, I thought it was clunky. I thought it was, like, last-minute feeling, which technically it was, but I just... I don't know. I agree with you. I expected more from this. I expected a lot more. There were some good moments, don't get me wrong, but it felt so, dare I say, staged. Because <laughs> then we get the interference and just, and I'm like, is this just a, is this just a plot point? Is that what this is? Because it's what it felt like. It just felt like it was a plot point, not an actual like climactic moment in a story but like a plot point. 
okay, we have to go here in order to get here. I don't know. It just it, it felt really it was really weird for a main event. Truly. And I agree. I didn't really, I didn't hate the match. I just didn't think it was main event worthy in the state that it was in. Not truly. I don't, I really don't think it was. And which is unfortunate because I think that I don't think it showcased trick at all. I don't. And then Waller, I don't know much about him. He's good. He was, he's pretty brutal, but I don't know. I just, I don't, I didn't know enough about him to understand much about all of that. So I didn't think, I didn't think the match was that great production wise, not the mat. They were great. They were all fighting really well, but production value wise, I thought it was clunky and chunky and weird, just weird. Yeah, and like you said, so we had the distraction from Carmelo as Trick was lining up to win, which Trick thought he was going to get away with it. But unbeknownst to us, thanks to the sudden appearance from SmackDown star Kevin Owens, who has been having an issue with Grayson Waller over there as part of their storyline feud, punches Grayson Waller in the face and then throws Grayson back into the ring, only for Grayson to stand up and Trick Williams to give him a running knee for the win. And Trick Williams gets to keep his number one contendership and gets to fight Ilya Dragunov whenever he's cleared. Though we did see that Carmelo was being a hater. Yeah, he was. And we were talking about how this is just the next level in this betrayal. <laughs> we like betrayal. We love to see it. But yes, Trick doesn't even see Carmelo being a hater. But Trick Williams stands tall as New Year's Evil for NXT goes off the air. Will, this was an interesting episode. So let's jump into let's jump into our review scale. It is 2024 here in the Biconics universe. And so for for 2024, I haven't told Will yes, but we're going to use the out of 10 scale here. And we're going to be using, since we're called Los Chicos Gordos, we're going to call, we're going to use the Jalapeno Poppers scale. <laughs> okay. Because we're both spicy and we're both big boys. We love food. It's not. I love this. True. Yes, indeed. So here on Los Chicos Gordos, we'll be using the Jalapeno Poppers scale. So out of 10 Jalapeno Poppers, since I'm the one that came up with the scale, I will go first. <laughs> On a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being absolute trash, I'm about, about to get E. coli. I'm about to be visiting the toilet for a little bit. To 10, be like, this is the best appetizer that I've ever had. I'm going to give New Year's Evil a solid 7 out of 10 jalapeno poppers. I thought, okay, so the reason I give it a 7 is the main event deducted a couple of points because I wanted more from it. I also felt like they could have switched some of the match order around, which was fine. But I think what also didn't help is that the first half is like match, segment, match, segment. I was like, okay, cool. I'm liking this. And then once we got past Tiffany and Fallon's match, then it was just like a bunch of backstage segments. We have a match, a bunch of backstage segments. Oh, look at that. It's time for the main event. I'm like, girl, what? Mm -hmm. Like we stacked all of the segments and the interviews and the backstage stuff, like in the second half of the show, I was like, whoever 
put everything together tonight needs to be talked to. Call them to the principal's office because I was just like, the second half of the show felt really slow for me. I was like, dang, there's a lot of backstage stuff. And I get we got to set up new feuds because this is the first NXT of 2024. But man, did it slow it down for me. So I give this 7 out of 10 jalapeno poppers. I gave it a 6.5 because I thought overall for the first episode of the new year, and it was like a quote-unquote special, I I thought it was poorly put together. You're right, the second half of it was really, it got bogged down. And even the first half, it it didn't really start off that strong. It was stronger than the second half, obviously, but I don't know. I'm so used to them starting off so strong, super strong. Again, the, the first match was not bad. And I thought it was really good, but I it wasn't as strong as I thought it was going to be. And then they ended the same way. It was the last match was way worse than that. It was bad. It really was. It was so chunky and weird. But I, I said six and a half because I just don't feel like it was put together well for something that they've been advertising for a while. And it, it just, I don't know. I don't. I don't understand why. I don't know. It's like they didn't throw enough money at it. I don't know. It's it's just like, eh, what can we do with a third or a sixteenth of the budget that we normally spend? What can we do? Who can we put together? And and let me tell you, there were other people that I would have preferred to have watched, honestly and truly. It was like, the women were great. Don't get me wrong, because I loved the women's matches. They were all great. And the six-man was fantastic. But... The main event was so not a main event. Truly. I, I was just like, why? Okay. Right, whatever. So anyway, <laughs> six and a half jalapeno poppers out of ten. <laughs> yeah. And the last statement before we go into outros is it, it's, it's disappointing because we ended 2023 last week with such a fantastic episode. Especially our main event, which was Eddie Thorpe and Dijak in the NXT Underground match. I was just like, yo, I'm excited for New Year's Evil. Nope, never mind. Yeah. But you know what? New Year's Evil is behind us now. And now we begin the four-week road to NXT Vengeance Day. The first PLE of the year for NXT taking place on Sunday, February 4th. Me and Will are going to be here every week covering NXT as we inch closer to the first PLE. But that is going to be it for this week's edition of Los Chicos Gordos. If you enjoyed this live review, make sure to check out the edited review if you need to watch it on the go, as well as other reviews we got going on here at the Biconics YouTube channel. Make sure to follow us all over the social medias at BC WrestlePod on YouTube, Twitch. Facebook, X, Instagram, and Threads. and We are all over the place. We're literally pipping ourselves out here. And of course, make sure that you subscribe to the Biconics Wrestling Podcast on whatever your favorite podcasting network is, whether it be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music for some reason, Deezer, like we're everywhere. And as promised... We are turning our video reviews into audio versions as well. In case you don't have the time to watch a full review, you can now take us on the go. 
we have our AEW World's End pay-per-view review. We just dropped our Monday Night Raw Day 1 edition of Monday Night Raw with the Raw Squad. And of course, you will be able to find this review as many others on your favorite podcasting networks as well. I have been Mikey, and with me always is my lovable co-host, Will. From us two here at Los Chicos Gordos, as well as the rest of the Biconics boys, remember, take care of yourself, love one another, and as always, stay Biconic, you beautiful bastards. We'll see you next week for the next NXT review, but until then, we are out of this half. <laughs>